Welcome to the podcast arm of the redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing his purpose, pronouncing his power, and proclaiming his praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. We thank the Lord for another opportunity to be in his presence. Um, David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know why? He's glad because in the house of the Lord, there's something for him. Hallelujah. There's something for you in the house of God today. Amen. Need us to set our expectations. I need us to set our hearts aright. God will meet with you and your life will never be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I want to thank our pastor for the privilege to be able to share today. I consider it an honor. Thank you very much, sir. Um, and I pray that the Lord will speak to us in Jesus' name. This month has been declared a month of divine guidance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 32 verse 8. Psalms chapter 32 verse 8. Said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Hallelujah. Divine guidance. I was sent this morning. I came with just a word for every one of us. Um, consider it an exhortation. Consider it counsel. Consider it an encouragement. And it's simply this. Let us be guided. Amen. Let us be guided. Turn to someone to your left and say, let us be guided. Turn to the person at your other side and say, let us be guided. When somebody was telling you that, did they tell you as if they were intending on being guided? <laughs> or did they just recite what I said that they should say? Turn to someone else and encourage the person. See, eh? See, eh? Look at them. Say, see, eh? See? I'm telling you something. I'll tell you something. Let us be guided. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, this word that God has given us is such a great privilege. I don't know if you've seen it that way. It is such an awesome privilege. When I this word came to um, um, came up for me sometime last year close to the end of the year as you know usually close to the end of the year most of us we are in the period of waiting for what god is going to do in the next year and i was as having you know thoughts and expectations and instructions on things that god wanted to do and then this verse came it said i will instruct you i will teach you you know, the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And it was so encouraging to me because, you know, one of the greatest things that we need in this life is direction, is guidance. Am I right about that? To have clarity in knowing what to do next per time. 
And then God, when we read this psalm, you know, David was talking about a whole bunch of things. He was saying things. Not once in this particular psalm did he actually say, God, I need your direction. And God, in the midst of the treatise that David was putting out there, several things he was saying, God almost interrupts his commentary with this statement, I will instruct you. I will teach you. I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. It was like God making a clear commitment, which is what he is making to us. He's saying to you, I will guide you. You don't have to be confused about how you will navigate. You know, we've been hearing lots of things about 2023. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've been hearing lots of things about 2023. But God needs you to not hear them. He needs you to hear him. Hallelujah. He needs you to hear who? He needs you to hear him. God says, I will guide you. All the things that have been said about 2023 will make you feel like this year is, could be a minefield. I'm not worried personally. <laughs> Amen. I'm not worried about what this year would do. In fact, if there's anything that I'm worried about, it is that I won't fulfill, if I'll fulfill what God wants me to do in this year, not what this year would do to me. Praise the Lord. It's like, it, it feels like, does everybody know what a minefield is? You know what a minefield is? A minefield is like, consider like if you went out to a lawn and inside that lawn, there are several bombs that if you step in that bomb, you explode. And you don't know where they are. It is just all around. But you must cross that field. Praise the Lord. So just like we must cross through this year, but it's feeling like at any turn, there might be an explosion and I am done. And I'm finished. And then God said, I will guide you. So he'll give you the steps. I'll guide you in the way that you should go. You don't need to be worried about the step because you won't explode. I'm leading you. I'm instructing you. I'm teaching you. It's a commitment that we need above all. He said, I will guide you. He said, I will guide you with my eye. We know who is, whose eye this is. Praise the Lord. This is the one that introduced himself to us as Alpha and Omega, the one that has seen things from the, be the beginning and the end. The scripture, when we understand it, describes him as Alpha Omega. That is that he's both at the same time. So he knows what is happening at the end. He knows exactly what that desired end is. The Lord said in Je Jeremiah 29 verse 11, he said, I know the thoughts that I have concerning you. Thoughts of good, thoughts of peace, thoughts of shalom, not of evil to give you some versions say a future and a hope some versions say an expected end whose expectation whose expectation hallelujah there is our expectation and then there is god's expectation do you know god's expectation he who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think that means your best expectation your best imagination what he sees for you exceeds it and he has that desired end he that's why he gives us a hope when he says come and have rest come and i will 
bless you beyond measure. Come to me and receive what you need. He gives us that hope. He gives us the expectation. And he says, I will guide you into its manifestation with my eye. I know how this ends and I know how to get you there. And I am committed to getting you there. Isn't it a privilege? Isn't it a privilege that the Lord will start us off in this wonderful defining in the first service? The Bible said, uh, the minister said, you know, that God has been ministering, that it's going to be a defining year for a lot of us. I believe it. Do you believe it? Is it going to be for you? Is it going to be for you? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said it's going to be a defining year for most of us, and I believe it. And God is saying, I will guide you into that manifestation. I will guide you with my eye. God says, I will instruct you. I will teach you. For me, I was appreciating even more just how thorough he's saying that he's going to be to us in this year. When he says, I'm going to instruct you, that means I'll give you you know, direction on what to do, direction on where to go. This is where you should go. This is what you should do. This is what I'm telling you. This is the step that I'm telling you that you should take. Oftentimes when we hear that, at least for me, when I hear it, one thing that comes as a bit of a question mark is, okay, so then how am I going to do it? What, how will I Take that step. And he didn't leave us there. He said, and I will teach you. So that means I'm not only going to show you what to do. I'm going to show you how to do it. Teaching, when we understand what teaching means, is bringing us into an understanding. Praise the Lord. So he said, I will not only instruct you, I will teach you. Permit me to speak in tongues. There is a Yoruba saying. Some people are saying, eh, hey, we are going to hear. I don't speak Yoruba at all. I don't. But you might be deceived to think that I do when you hear this. Those that know, know. Praise the Lord. It's a saying that says he's a father, he's the one that sends you on an errand and backs you up with all that he is. So, <laughs> my God, I'm looking at you. He said, I, some versions, NIV says, I'll guide you with my loving eye. He said, I'm keeping watch over you. I'm instructing you. I'm showing you how. And I am with you. All the way through Isaiah chapter 41 verse 13 he said I'm saying unto you I will hold fear not I will hold you by your right my right righteous right hand I will help you what a privilege indeed see when pastor was saying to those of us that were in the workers meeting that we should be God has been telling him that we should be committed to his word I mean, I had confirmation because I've been saying that to my people for all year. 
we have to be very, very deliberate about God. So we can't joke with the word that he's sending us. So when he's saying that I'm going to give you divine guidance, he's not just throwing out a catchphrase. He's saying something very deliberate, very intentional to us. I want us to just take a minute and just appreciate God. Thank you for this commitment that you are making to me. I don't know what it means to you, what it is that you are looking at ahead of you and you are hearing him say, I will guide you. I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my loving eye on you. I will take you to your best end. Appreciate him. Thank him. That is one of the best ways that we can accept what it is that he did, intends to do. Father, we say thank you. Thank you, Jesus us for divine guidance. Thank you for direction that you have so committed to us this year and evermore. We give glory to your name. We give glory to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So it is a privilege that God would say this to us. But then there is a problem. There is an issue a tendency that we all fall into from time to time. I call it the horse and mule syndrome. The horse and mule syndrome. And it was something that God named in the very next verse of the verse that he gave us this month. Can we look at that same verse, that same chapter, Psalm 32 and verse 9. Psalm 32 verse 9. I'm reading it in the New King James Version. He said, do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed or controlled, as another, other versions will define it, with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Amen? In the Amplified Version, he puts it this way. He says, do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bridle and rein to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. In other words, we display our lack of understanding. There's this issue that we, it's, we, we easily resist instruction. We easily resist guidance. We easily rebel against it. That God would make so huge a commitment to us and in the same breath raise an issue that we have. I'm so committed to doing this, but will you let me guide you? I'm so committed to bringing you into that expected end, but will you let me guide you. Will you let me take you there? He said, do not be like the horse or like the mule. This is not a year to be stubborn with God. How are we stubborn with God? We receive instruction from him and we decide that doesn't quite work for me. We, we set our course and we say, this is what I need to do. This is where I need to go. And then, God, you can catch up with me. He said, I will guide you, but do not be like the horse or the mule. 
who lack understanding and they must be bridled. They must be put under subjection before they come because this is not the year to be stubborn with God. This is not the year to resist God. This is the year to allow him guide us. Say again, let us be guided. If we will not be delayed, if we will not be stagnated anymore, if we will finally come into seeing the salvation of the Lord, if we will arise and let our marvelous light shine, unhindered and unrestrained, if all of this will be our evermore experience, then we must let ourselves be guided. Then we must stop resisting him. He sends us a word of instruction. You know that God is saying this to you. But for several reasons outside of you, I just can't bring myself to do it. But in following his guidance, we get there. In following his instruction, we get there. In following his direction, we get there. I don't know who will make a decision today. I will let myself be guided by you, O oh God. I will let myself be guided by you, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. When we hear, let us be serious with his word. This is what we are talking about. Let his word set the course for our destiny. And the end will be good. So how do we do it in the time that we have left? How do we let ourselves be guided this year? Hmm. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me the Bible tells me so do you believe it yes Jesus it's a liberating understanding. Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible. How do we let ourselves be guided this year? Number one, God says, know that I love you and come close. Know that I love you and come close. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3, the Bible says, the Lord has appeared of old to me. New King James Version. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, yes. 
I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3. I'll read it again as we put it up on the screen. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. No wonder David in Psalms chapter 143 verse 8, a verse that came up today as well. In the A part, he said, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Know that he loves you. Because that will help pull down the resistance. Hallelujah. If I call my wife, my wife, come. Hug me. Do you know why it was easy for her to hug me? Because she knows I love her, so I won't do anything bad to her. Also because she likes it when I hug her. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But do you know there's nothing better than an embrace from God? There's nothing better than God holding you in his hands. Know that I love you and come close. And so Jesus said, come unto me, Matthew chapter 28, or 11 verse 28. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Know that I love you and come close. That's number one. Number two, trust him. Like it or leave it, we will never come close to somebody that we do not trust. Praise the Lord. Remember what he warned us in that verse, Psalm 32, verse, th verse 9. He said, who must be forced to come close, which means his desire. If, I will, if you will let me guide you, if you will let me instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go, then you must come close to me. God desires to make intimates out of us. Praise the Lord. God desires to make intimates out of us. Somebody said that God doesn't have favorites, but he does have intimates. He has people that he speaks his heart to. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He has people that he shares his burdens with. That's why Jesus said, come to me and take upon me my yoke and my burden. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But if you've not come into intimacy, I can't share with you what I have. There are intimates that God gives what will look like preference to because they've paid the price of coming close. And we need to trust him enough to come close, to come close to him. One of the best examples that came when this word was coming of what it means to be an intimate was a story in Matthew chapter, I think it's in chapter 23. Jesus was talking to um, his disciples and he said to them, somebody's going to betray me. Peter wanted to know who it was going to be. And Peter was the one that, you remember Jesus asked him, loveth me more than this. What did he say? I love you. You know I love you. 
But there was someone closer to Jesus. The Bible said, Jesus, Peter turned to the disciple. Who? Let me, let me bring out that verse for us. It is John chapter... Sorry, Matthew. Sorry, not Matthew. John chapter... I think it is... Hallelujah. Is it 21? Thank you. John chapter 21. Uh, no. No, not that one. Um, sorry? Is Matthew? My Bible scholars. Okay, it's not Matthew either. Um, it, <laughs> it, is, it is John. Thank you very much. God bless you. John chapter 13. John chapter 13 is the verse I'm looking for. Thank you so much. God bless you. These are people that are, that are laboring in the word. And they found all the various references that can preach my message. Amen. Now, John chapter 13 so in verse 21, Jesus, the Bible says, when Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus. There was leaning on Jesus's bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Now, the person that wrote the book of John was who? Hallelujah. And all through the book of John, John was describing himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. That was his revelation. His revelation was not about how much he was going to prove his love for Jesus. His revelation was, yes, he loves me. And with that knowledge, while everybody was sitting down there perplexed, he was there resting in the bosom of Jesus. And so Peter, recognizing that as much as I am a favorite of Jesus, that he will carry me on top of the mountain, some people are closer to Jesus than me. And so in verse 23, the Bible said, in verse 24, the Bible says, Simon Peter therefore motioned to him, who? To the disciple that Jesus loved. He said, to ask who it was of whom he spoke. This is where it gets interesting. Then leaning back on Jesus, Jesus' breast, this disciple said to Jesus, Lord, who is it? And verse 26, please, read, give me a new King James Version and put that verse 26. Okay, this is okay. Now, that first two words. Answer, tell me, read it with me. One to go. Can you be in a place that it doesn't matter what question you're asking Jesus? That is an intimate. He said, Jesus answered. It didn't need to be a mystery if you were close enough to him. Praise the Lord. Know that you, he loves you. Trust him enough to come close, to come close to him. Jesus answered. Why? Because this is the one that knew. I am the one that you love. 
So like it or leave it, we can never come close to someone that we do not trust. We can never follow the direction. We can never let ourselves be guided by someone that we do not trust. So we must come to trust him. And to trust him, we must know that our God is trustworthy. Psalm 18 verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He said, I will call upon the Lord, in verse 3, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. I have proven him. He is so. Isaiah 26 verse 4 says, Trust in the Lord forever. For in the in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Isaiah chapter 26, 4. In Yah the Lord is everlasting strength that you can trust in, that you can rely on. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. In the ESV version, the Bible says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is is your faithfulness. His love for us does not cease. He doesn't run out. The same way we can get tired. Have you gotten tired of somebody before? Somebody that you really liked. Somebody that you really loved. Don't be deceived by the devil to think that God is the same way. Bible says that he's renewed. His passion for you is renewed every morning. His mercies towards us, they, they, they endure from everlasting to everlasting. And so that's why we can trust in him. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 to 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will do what? He will direct. If we will let ourselves be guided, we must trust him. So number one, what is number one? Know that he loves me and draw close. Number two, trust him. Number three, we must be deliberate about asking for and receiving direction. We must be deliberate about asking for and receiving direction. That's why we've been encouraged all year, get into the word, get into the Bible challenge, get into, come into his presence. The Bible said that we should not be as some forsaking the assembling together of the brethren. Why? Because in his presence, we can meet with him. In his presence, we can have an encounter. John was so closely in his presence, that's why he was able to receive, you know, those insights and revelations. And it happened that even after Jesus left, he remained in that intimacy. That's why when we get to the book of Revelation, the same John says, and I don't know, Patmos, I was in the spirit. I was in the spirit. Being in the spirit was not just about that I was praying in tongues, but that I was in intimacy with him. And in that place, revelations of things to come were there. Praise the Lord. So what is he asking us to do? He said that we should be deliberate about coming in, about seeking direction, about asking. David is an excellent example of this. Over and over and over again, we see the Bible saying, 
David inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord in First um, Samuel chapter twenty-three, verse two, and in verse four, and some and start First Samuel chapter thirty, verse eight. It's several instances, the Bible said he inquired of the Lord. No wonder he never lost any battle. David inquired of the Lord. The Bible said. Jeremiah chapter thirty-three, verse three. God speaking to us. He said, "Call to me." And I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you. Now we need to build a habit of checking in with God before we take the step. God, what am I doing? God, what should I do? God, where am I going? Now we need to build the habit, deliberate habit of letting him guide us in, in what we are saying, in how we are acting. Do you know how I saw my wife? Should I tell you how I saw my wife? Should I tell you? I like telling this story. Should I tell you how I saw my wife? I'm going to tell you anyways because I'm holding the mic. Okay. How I saw my wife, I'm not talking about that I saw her, but how I saw her as somebody to be interested in. Praise the Lord. We happened to be in a Bible study. It's not that I was spiritual. I'm, I'm just making it there. However, we happened to be in a Bible study. Um, this was a Bible study that we had with our young adults back then uh, in Saskatoon. And we were sharing. And usually, I was the youth leader at that time. And usually, what happens is that we'll have a verse, and then we'll start talking about the verse. And people will be sharing insights. And I'll be looking, and I'll be smiling like the man of God. And then waiting for them. After they finish talking, then I'll now say what the Lord is really saying. Praise the Lord. So this was the same scenario that was going on and people were talking and you know this thing and I was smiling as they were and there was a particular question that was asked and I already knew what the Lord is saying. And then you know what happened? This new girl that was there, this wasn't her first time that I've seen her. I've seen her before. She has been coming before but she now decided to talk. She said, let me just share something i don't know and then she started talking hallelujah she started talking and then she opened a scripture and i kid you not what for what what i wanted to say what, the very verse that god gave me a conviction on that thing was what she was sharing my mind my heart my being everything in me turned to this person and said who is this why did i tell you that story what if she decided not to talk she was not the only girl in our youth group. Many have come and gone. <laughs> and it's not like I'm not, you know, marriageable. <laughs> but the one that I saw was the one, because she, and she was newer, she could have said, mm, let me not show myself. But there was a prompting, there was a leading, there was a direction. And she opened her mouth and she spoke. And I saw. And the rest is history. Amen. She has not regretted it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord will, will prompt you to speak. And sometimes the Lord will prompt you to shut up. Because sometimes we open our mouth and we say things that destroy us. Milka did not need to 
raise a commentary on how David was dancing outside, even if it was burning her. She didn't need to say anything. She could have just shut up and been her and say, welcome, my husband, and be frowning her face. And you say, what's wrong? You say, nothing. <laughs> you know, and then after it gives her small attention, she will be all right. But she decided to talk. God did not lead her to talk. But she decided to talk, to make a point, a valid point. See the way you are a king. See the way you are just showing yourself in front of all these women and she received barrenness in return because she chose not to let herself be guided turn to somebody and say let us be guided we need to be deliberate very intentional about receiving guidance and his word asking him checking in with him i feel like saying something the holy spirit see if we are sincere with ourselves god has given us a spirit especially if you are a child of god and that spirit will speak to you he'll tell you whether or not you need to say there are some times that there's something i really want to say to my wife and i know the holy spirit is telling me not to say it but i say it anyway and then when the volcano explodes and i'll go back to god and say i'm sorry I'm sorry that I didn't listen to you. And I'll even tell her, I'll confess, you know, God told me not to say it. I just felt like I needed to say it. Then suffer the consequences afterwards. Be deliberate about asking for and receiving direction. And finally, number four, pay attention, listen, and obey. Pay attention, listen, and obey. It's one thing to hear God giving you counsel it's one thing to hear God giving you direction it's one thing to know that God is speaking as concerning our lives it's another thing to align it's another thing to obey Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 the Bible says come now and let us reason together says the Lord Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. It says, let us reason together. And then in verse 19, it says, if you are willing and obedient, what will happen? You shall eat the good of the land. So it's not an issue that we've come to the point that we are discussing and that we are reasoning together. It's not even an issue that the things that may disqualify you from the good of the land are present there because when we come into that reasoning, when we come into that communion, I will cleanse you. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash them white as snow. The issue is if we will be willing and obedient. So allow us come into the good that he has prepared for us. We must be willing. We must be obedient. Pay attention. Listen and obey. And so in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15, the Lord said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So in other words, this is the word for us. My dear, dear brothers and sisters, I beseech you by the mercies of God. This year and evermore, let us be guided. In the name of Jesus, shall we rise? And we'll talk to God. Oh Lord, please help me never to resist you again. 
Lord, please help me never to resist you again. It is the devil I'm supposed to be resisting, not you. All through this year and evermore, Lord, please help me never to resist your instructions, never to resist your teachings again in the name of Jesus. Help me never to resist your promptings. Help me never to resist your leadings. Help me never to resist your direction. Help me never to pull back when you say I should do in spite of me because you know what is best. Lord, please help me to be guided by you this year that I will come into your rest, that I will come into your fullness, that I will come into manifesting and the manifestations of all that you have already prepared for me. In the name of Jesus. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.